Hello, hello, hello. Greetings to each and every one of you. Welcome to our podcast, Waves of Wisdom. This is N.I. Malevo. Today, we'll be discussing a very interesting topic, uh, which is coming out of the closet. Okay, we are very excited because three days from now, we'll be entering level three of our lockdown. People are excited. They'll be going back to church. Please, people, take good care of yourself. Stay alive, stay healthy, and uh, let's stick to the regulations. And uh, without any further waste of time, I'm going to give you a very short clip. And I want you to listen to this clip because it is going to give us a very strong foundation on what we're going to discuss uh, on this episode. Stay tuned. You've probably heard of the abbreviation LGBTQQIAAP2S or some form of that, but how many of the words behind these letters do you actually understand? Most people understand the first four, but things get a little tricky after that, so let's start with the basics. The term lesbian refers to a woman who is sexually attracted to other women, and the term gay refers to people who are attracted to members of the same sex, most often men who are attracted to other men. A bisexual person feels sexual attraction to both men and women. The term transgender describes a person who identifies mentally and emotionally as a gender that does not match their biological gender. It also functions as an umbrella term for trans people, including trans women, trans men, and transsexual, a term describing people who alter themselves physically through surgery or hormone therapy to align their physical bodies with their gender identity. Please keep in mind that gender and sexuality are not the same. A phrase to help remember this distinction is, sexual orientation is who you go to bed with, and gender identity is who you go to bed as. That brings us to the first confusing letter, Q. This one letter actually stands for all of the letters together, queer. It's another umbrella term, and it applies to all LGBT plus people as a whole, and is a lot shorter and easier to say than LGBTQQIAAP2S. Some people also use queer as a general term to identify themselves if they don't feel that they fit into a certain letter or group. The next Q also covers a large group, but this one stands for questioning. Just like it sounds, the term questioning describes people who are wondering whether or not they belong in the queer community or are still questioning their gender identity or sexual preference. I stands for intersex. Intersex people are born with or develop genitals with ambiguous sexual characteristics because of chromosomal or hormonal abnormalities. Doctors will often choose a gender for intersex babies and assign that gender through surgery soon after birth. It should also be noted that the outdated term hermaphrodite is considered offensive and should not be used to describe these types of people. The first A in this litany of letters stands for asexual, a person who feels only romantic attraction, not sexual attraction, towards any gender. This is not to be confused with agender, which describes people who identify as neither male nor female. The second A doesn't necessarily describe queer people at all. It stands for ally, a person who supports the causes of the LGBT plus community without identifying as queer or LGBT plus themselves. Ideally, this term would include everyone in the world who isn't LGBT plus, but we're not quite there yet. P is for pansexual. Members of this sexuality are attracted to other people regardless of gender. This term is broader than bisexual, which limits attraction to just male and female. Pansexuality is also often related to an attraction to another person's personality. And finally, 2S stands for two-spirit. 
This Native American term applies to people who display both female and male qualities, whether in their personality, sexuality, or gender identity. And that's the queer alphabet. Even if you don't fit into any of these categories, I hope that you now have a better understanding of the people around you or even yourself and can work toward being a better ally for queer people throughout the world. Okay, well, I hope that you got the message. We are all now on the same page. Uh, LGBTQ communities, who are these people? These are the group of people that stand to support uh, people who are gays, lesbians, and bisexuals uh, to uh, bisexual to come out of their closet and. Uh, knowing that they have people who will accept them, who will support them, who will help them in their journey. Now, the question that I want us to address for now is, um, will the community of LGBTQ be accepted in the church? Big question. Why am I asking this question? It is because uh, many structures or institutions, they are uh, guided by the constitution of the land and they need to operate within the laws of the constitution. And we understand that the constitution can be changed, can be amended because we are living in a democratic uh, era. But the challenge now is in the church we do not have uh, or the church is not governed by the laws of the constitution the, the church is governed by the bible and we have interesting verses in the bible that i'm going to read to you and uh knowing that we have these verses that forms a core belief of many people in the church will then uh, have a challenge, will then have a challenge as to how do we see the church accepting these communities or these type of people. Levit Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22. Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with a man as with a womankind. It is abomination. Uh, that's one verse in the Old Testament. And I'm going to read another one in the New Testament, which speaks along the line of this uh, sexual relationships. Okay. That's Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 21, maybe till verse 20, 28. Just, just bear with me. Uh, reason why I don't want to read one verse like in the Old Testament it's because uh, the the understanding in this the understanding in this verse is 
when we are we're going to get it when we read almost a couple of verses right uh romans chapter 1 verse 21 i'm reading because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful but became vain in their imagination and their foolish hearts were darkened verse 22 for professing themselves to be wise they became fools verse 23 and change their glory of the incorruptible so they changed the glory of the incorruptible god into an image made like an incorruptible man incorrupt incorruptible man and to birds to four-footed beasts creeping things verse 24 therefore or wherefore god also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves verse 25 who changed the truth of god into a lie and worshiped and served the creatures more than the creator who is blessed forever amen verse 26 for this cause god gave them up in into vile affections for even their women did change the natural i want you to understand that uh, underline that the natural use that's verse 25 verse 26 the natural use um, into that which is against nature verse 27 and likewise also men leaving their natural use of the woman banned in their last one towards another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient oh okay that's the scripture now we have one scripture in the old testament and we have another scripture in the new testament so now i think you understand why am i asking this question will the lgbtq community ever being accepted in the church to make this personal let me allow you to ask me this question you know that i'm a pastor you know that i i'm a preacher man <laughs> will you allow lgbtq people or community in your assembly in your church so to speak that that's the general uh word that we understand if you were to ask me this question will you as a pastor or are you accepting allowing lesbians gays bisexual so forth and so forth to come into your church that's the question i'm going to answer when we come right back stay tuned all right all right all right as i said before i'm going to make this personal do i accept gays lesbians bisexual and all these other people that falls under this umbrella in our church 
Then we'll have to ask a question that we asked before. Let's just take one. What is a gay? Well, one will say it is a man that loves another man. Does that mean I'm gay? Because I love my son, I love my pastor, I love uh, my president, I love, does that make me gay? Ah, uh, no, 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 don't be silly. Uh, what we are saying as, uh, we are saying is, uh, it is a man that likes or prefer sleeping or having inter uh, sexual intercourse with another man. Now the question will be, do we have in our door a checklist of questions where people when are coming in, we say, uh, hello, what is your name? My name is Sam. Sam, good. Uh, which uh, gender are you? Oh, I'm Sam, male. Sam, okay, you are male. Oh, do you like sleeping with other males? Uh, males or you prefer females? Uh, I prefer females. Okay, well, welcome, come in. No, we, we, we don't have a checklist, a checklist like that. Because we don't feel that we should accept people on the basis of their sexual orientation. We accept people on the basis of who they are. They are more, we believe there are more important things that we would like to know about people, we'd like to highlight about people, and we believe sexual orientation is not something that is on the, you know, uh, next five important things that we'd like to know about a person. And we also believe that your sexual orientation should be kept private. So we don't see any point of accepting or rejecting people on the basis of their sexual orientation. Oh, wait, 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 Pastor. Uh, what if... Uh, when a person comes in the church, you can tell men by the way that they are wearing or the way that they walk that this kind of a person is, is gay. I have a problem with that. I have never studied a, a human walk or I've never been acquainted with types of, cloth of clothing that when you are wearing, they really tell you that you are interested in having sexual relationship with a certain gender. No. There isn't such in my own understanding. If I were to know a person's uh, interest in uh, sexual orientation, I will have to ask. Because there is no walk, there is no makeup, there is no clothing, there is nothing from outside appearance that can tell you of a person's sexual orientation besides that, uh, or otherwise that person will have to tell you himself or herself. So, I'm going back to my first uh, stand. 
We don't have a checklist at our door where we ask people about their sexual sexual orientation. In fact, coming back to our topic now, that's creating a closet. We create a small box where we decide people who goes into this box, there are people who call themselves straight. Who are straight people? Oh, by the way, straight people are uh, male or female who choose to have sexual relationship with the opposite sex. Man, that's that's bad. It is disappointing that in the first century, we still have these closets and we are creating them. We are the ones who are creating these closets. We want to define people, accept people on the basis of their sexual orientation. That's pathetic. I believe that if we have people coming out, if we have uh, problems of people coming out of their closets, we should destroy closets so that people don't have to come out of the closet because there are different closets that we have created. Lesbians closet. Bisexual closet, straight people closet, gay closet. All these closets, they put people into the small boxes because of their sexual orientation. And also, let me, uh, you know, let me say this. Even your child, if you're a parent, even your own child loves you not because of your sexual orientation. They love you because you're you. When you start talking about your sexual activities, even your own child becomes uncomfortable. Nobody wants to entertain a thought of his parents having sex. No, because we we know that they do have sexual relationship, but that's not what we want to think about. We want to see them as our parents. We want to love them as our parents. We accept people for who they are, not because of their sexual orientation. So now, any church, if this is my belief and this is my stand, any church that has a a sexual orientation list that's not a church it's a closet so people should come out of those closets if you believe you are going to church and you are going to a gathering or an assembly of people who do not accept certain people just because of their sexual orientation that is not a church that is a closet And Jesus did not create a church so that we will have closets all over the world that accept only people who belong into one sexual orientation. No, the church is an institution, a visible gathering, a visible assembly of people that should accept everybody now when we come back we are going to talk about what is the purpose of the church
when it comes to educating people about sexual orientation. Stay tuned. Welcome back, welcome back. Ah, this is very interesting. Now, we are asking the question, what is the purpose or the role that the church should be playing in educating people about their sexual orientation, accepted sexual orientation or unaccepted sexual orientation? Okay. One, the purpose, primary purpose of the church it is to acknowledge or, or voice out that we are the creation and there is a creator. In other words, we are created by God, all created by God. He is a creator and we are his creation. If we are his creation, each and every one of us has a purpose or God has a purpose concerning your life because he's the one who created you. That's, that's very important. That's our primary purpose. Now, secondary purpose should be um, if we have conscientized people, if we have uh, passed this message to people that number one, we acknowledge that we are create we are a creation we serve a creator we should be seeking to know the purpose of our existence the purpose of our existence why are we here why did god place to place you here on earth what is your purpose Number one, physically, science will help us to understand every part of our body, that each part has a purpose. There is primary purpose, there may be secondary purpose, or third purpose, or it can be used for many things, but definitely there will be a primary purpose. So that is why when we are uh, taking our children to school, they learn uh, about their body. This is my nose and they are taught what is the function of the nose in function, purpose. This is my ear, this is my mouth and so forth and so forth. When they go up the ladder of the grades of their learning, now they are being taught about their private parts. So this is your bum, it has got an anus, and this is your vagina, it has got this and that, and this is the primary purpose of your vagina, this is the primary purpose of your penis, and so forth and so forth. So studying science helps us in a way to understand the purposes, primary purpose, of our body parts but it is not enough to help people to understand the purpose of their existence now we take that responsibility 
to the man of God. To teach people that God has given us his spirit so that through his spirit, when we search from within us, we can find, each person can find the purpose of his existence. You do not have to hear from anybody else the answer is within you. You can find your the, your, your purpose, the purpose of your, of your existence. When you learn the art of listening from within you. Once we learn or teach people to listen to themselves, to listen to their inner man, then they are in the journey of finding their purpose in life. Now, general understanding. There are many things that people are, uh, are doing and uh, pe- there are many things that people believe that you know they were born to do. And uh, I think it's stupid for us to uh, want to identify people on the basis of their sexual orientation because there is so much that people can offer. There are many things that people are doing to enhance life. So that should be our focus or main focus. Our sexual orientation, number one, should be private and be kept private. But I'm going to take you to another level when we come back. Stay tuned. I was reading, I want to know about the blessings of Abraham. So I'm reading the Bibles like Genesis. And one of the things that blessing about Abraham was the obedience of his household. His name used to be Abram. And one day God told him to change his name. God changed his name and told him to go home and circumcise the entire household. Even the servants. The Bible said he went home that same day and did it. That is obedience. Because I don't know if I could have been a servant. I'm just saying I had a couple questions first. Like, wait, what, what, what happened? What happened? You changed your name? I don't think I know you then. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. Okay, okay. Can we just talk for a second? Can we just talk? Okay. Can you stop sharpening that rock while we talk, though? It's, it's distracting. It's distracting a little bit. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to focus. Okay, what exactly did God say? His words, please. Okay, circumcised in the flesh of the foreskin. You sure didn't say your skin? Go back up there and check, man. Come back with a note. And then going to church could be a little intimidating sometimes, like you're trying to look for the right church. You'll never find the perfect church, so you just stop looking for the perfect church because you ain't perfect. I went to one church, and uh, the pastor was like, I want you to pray with your neighbor. I'm like, my neighbor don't go to this church. <laughs> you want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. 
So they explained to me, your neighbor is the person next to you. I'm supposed to pray with some lady I don't even know? What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help them hairs to stop growing on this lady's chin, Lord. I don't... What am I supposed to pray about? I don't even know her. But she went first. Man, she must have been John the Baptist's auntie or something, man. And she prayed all good. She was like, dear heavenly father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse, Lord, of the book of Matthew, Lord, the 601st word on page 1297, Lord. Lord, you said, seek, search, Lord. You are the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, the king of kings. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. <laughs> now she's looking at me like it's my turn to pray. Well, I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, all right, dear God, God, I just, you, I just, I just can't fight this feeling anymore, Lord, you know, because I know, Lord, that nationwide, you're on my side, God, and because it's choosy moms, choose Jesus, Lord, you know, as the rocket's red glare, Lord, okay, proof to the night, I believe I can fly, Amen. Uh, uh, that was Michael Uh, we just put this uh, segment just to break the ice and continue with our subject now I said the first thing that we do as the church it is to help people acknowledge that they are a creation and there is a creator and this creator has a purpose concerning each and every one of us and we should be seeking that prophet that meant that purpose and uh, there are two ways uh, that God want us to find that purpose number one is to listen from uh, the inner man because through his spirit he indwells us and he communicates to each and every one of us to lead us and to guide us to uh, our purpose number two the written word the Bible now I have written interesting i mean i've i've read two interesting scriptures and uh the question would be that does these two scriptures that i've read uh to you qualifies us to be accepted to to god or they disqualify us no number one we need to understand that we are living in the New Testament era. And the purpose, we have an advantage. We know the purpose of the scriptures because we are not in the Old Testament. So we stand in a better position to have a, a broader view of the scriptures. What is the primary purpose of the scriptures? Now, remember, I'm trying to answer the question. Do these scriptures that I've just read qualify us to be accepted in the church or they disqualify us to be accepted in the church? The answer is, let's find first the purpose of the scriptures. Now, I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 7 verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay. I had not known sin, but by the law for I had known 
I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Now, this verse, and if you understand the theme of the gospel, that the law, we are talking about the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets, and all the writings of the Old Testament, they were written and as as you have heard that they are there were laws that thou shall not do this you shall not do this you shall not do this god gave people those laws so that he can expose what they do not see that there is sin in their body now the greatest misunderstanding that people have they first define sin as an act of breaking the law. That is wrong. The first thing that God wanted us to understand in the New Testament is that sin is a living entity. It is something that lives in our body. And it works like this. Whenever God gives you an instruction, gives you a command, Sin makes sure that it causes a certain desire in you to do the opposite. So God gave the law so that when we desire to do what God wants us to do, sin will be activated, will, will be exposed. You will begin to have an awareness that I want to do what God said I must do. But there is something in my body, in my flesh, that wants me to do the opposite. Now, if we read Romans chapter 7 verse 12, we will see exactly just what I've just said. Let's read it. Romans chapter 7 verse 12 to 13. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Whoa! You see? And verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I to do. But, sorry, let me read verse 19 again. For the good that I would I do not, but evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Oh, awesome. So now this is exciting. God gave us the laws. 
You shall not lie with a woman as with as, as with a man. You shall not do this. You shall not do that. Why? Because he wanted us. He knew that as his creation, we would want to do what he tells us to do because we were created to love him. All of us. But there is sin. There is something living in our flesh. This thing that is living in our flesh will always want to do the opposite of what we want to do. If we want to listen to God, if we want to obey God, sin will always create a strong desire to do the opposite. Now, when we see that desire, that wants to do the opposite. Ah, we have identified sin. Now we say, oh, we see there is something that is in our body and this thing is too much. We need a savior. We need help. So when we acknowledge that there is something within us that is not right, we need help. How can God throw us away and say, I, because you have a desire to sleep with another man, you have a desire to do this, you have a desire to do that, I don't want you to come to me. I hate you for that. I reject you. No. God says, in fact, he takes delight when people acknowledge that there is sin in our bodies. We need his help. Now, when we come back, we're going to go to our conclusion. I just hope you're blessed. Stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. What is our conclusion then? We are using the Spirit of God that is within us and the word of God to do what? To identify the desires that are of us, born again child of God, and the desires that are of sin, this ugly living entity that is in our flesh. So if you read the Old Testament, they, they will, you will find these words used interchangeably. Flesh, sin, flesh, sin. Flesh, flesh. See, you know when it speaks about the flesh, it speaks about sin, the desires that are against God. This thing that lives in us that uh, activate those evil desires whenever we have, we hear the word of God, the instruction of God. And if we have no instruction of God and out of, or out of the blue, we just have certain desires. We are listening we are trying to listen to ourselves because there is war within ourselves. We are trying to listen to ourselves to, to pursue the, 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 the purpose of God because we know that the purpose of God concerning our lives is locked from within us. While we are still trying you know, to listen to ourselves, there are some desires, strong desires that are in our flesh. If we don't understand whether these desires are of God or are of the spirit of God. What do we do? Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Apostle Paul gives us a list 
of the desires. These are not actions. Now that you have learned about the law of attraction, Jesus was never interested in what people do more than what people think in their heart. So these are desires that are in our flesh. If we can identify these desires as the desires of our enemy, of this enemy that lives in our flesh, then we know that we can reject them and say, this desire is not me, is not my desire, but it is sin. I have identified you sin. I know you. I am not going to entertain you because I know you. So Paul gave us the examples. And that is Galatians chapter 5 from verse 1 to verse 19. He, he says, uh, sorry, Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 to verse 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. So what can you see? The desires of sin or the desires of the flesh are obvious, which are adultery, fornication, and so forth and so forth. So when you have these desires in your flesh, that's not you. That is sin that lives in your body. What is it that you need to do? You need to acknowledge that this is not me. I reject this desire. It is not of me. It is of God. Because the mistake, once you say that desire is part and parcel of you, this is me, this is what I want to desire, I mean, this is what I want to do, then you are making yourself one with sin. So what will happen? You will become the enemy of God. You will make yourself the enemy of God because sin is an enemy of God. How so? Because these desires, they block you from finding the purpose that God has concerning your life. And guess what? If you pursue these desires, you are going to abuse yourself. What is abuse? Abuse, it is using something. Yes, using something, but outside of its purpose. You are now abusing that thing because you are using it outside of its purpose. So, Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 21. It tells us about the desires that we should not entertain. Not that God hates us when we do those things. He hates those desires because they are not you. And they're going to prevent you from doing his purpose. Now, when we read verse 22, same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Now, he, he mentions here now something that comes out of you, which comes out of God, because you and God are connected. You are his creation. You are his, in fact, you are his best creation. He loves you. There is connection between you and God. So when you search from within you, not that if you're born again, not that you need to try to have love, joy, peace. Those things are in you already. That's who you are. You are a loving person. You are a joyful person. You are a peaceful person. You are a long-suffering person. That's who you are. But I like the conclusion in verse 23. We are closing now. Meekness. 
intemperance? Against such there is no law. What does this mean? Against such there is no law. It means we use the law to search also what desire that we have. If the desire that we have when we are reading the Old Testament, the New Testament, and we see a law against that desire, we know that that desire is of sin. We don't entertain it. So we are using the Bible or we should be using the Bible to help us separate ourselves from sin. So when we see that this desire is of sin, is not us, we reject it. We don't entertain it. So here is the problem. People who are ignorant of the gospel, that God sent Jesus to set us free from sin, from this evil thing that is in our flesh. They think whatsoever is coming out of their body, Whatever desire they have that is coming out of their body is their identity. Therefore, they find themselves identifying themselves with the desires that are against God. So, you find yourself confused. You think, but this is who I am. But something inside of you tells you, this is not right. But you feel this thing, but this is who I am. But something inside of you tells you, uh uh, this is not right. So that's where we come in as the church. We are here to educate people about this struggle and about this great news that God has already done for us in Christ Jesus. And then, uh, if God permits us, we are going to continue with this subject maybe next time. But I want to show you people who have used scriptures wrongly to disqualify other people, to accept a certain group of people, and another group of people who are using the Bible now uh, to discredit the Bible because they see some scriptures or verses that are against sin which is in their lives, not them. But because they cannot separate between sin which is in them and themselves, they try to defend themselves by discrediting the word of God. I hope this was uh, educational and hope to meet with you next time. Uh, please send this podcast to a friend. I believe it's going to set somebody free. It's going to educate uh, some parent. Uh, it's going to ed educate uh, a certain person who thought maybe God is against him when he reads the Bible and she reads the Bible. Stay blessed. God bless you.